So basically, if you have astigmatism, you have two different curvatures to mainly your cornea. And welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy. I had glasses before it was cool. Shepard, <laughs> and this is... Mitchell Manley, acutely astigmatic. Was it really acute if it took 10 years? No, it's actually pretty bad. But I do have 20-20 vision, the lady told me. But I have pretty bad astigmatism, which I should have known because my older brother also very badly astigmatic. But I think you just like saying that. Astigmatic is a very fun word to say, indeed. <laughs> so, astigmatism, astigmatic. I think I like see a 2200, Yeah. but with an astigmatism. But yeah. Dakota could be like legally blind, I'm pretty sure. Poor fella. I mean... He's cute, though. He, he survives. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And um, so this is the first time we've had glasses. Yeah, this is the first time I've had glasses. I just got them last Wednesday. Uh, you know, I got my eyes checked a couple weeks ago and then had to wait for these to come in. Uh-huh. And I was dreading it because I didn't really like either of the pairs that I picked out. But I ended up with these thicker framed glasses that uh, everyone tell me look good. So I'm just going to believe them. And now I'm very slowly getting a little bit of confidence. Oh. <laughs> that maybe it looks okay they're pretty cool they are pretty cool like they're way better than my first pair of glasses right which were just the same as my mom's glasses yeah i'm sure that was mortifying yeah sure yeah so the tortoiseshell like oh lord yeah it was but not like that tortoiseshell that i usually have where it's like super thick and very some people thought it was cheetah print. Right, yeah. And no, it was just mortifying like that. <laughs> you know, those 90s glasses that were absolutely awful. Yours are uh, thick black um, frames, and yeah. I, I don't see a curvature of the earth situation going yeah, on. Yeah, it's very little bit of curvature just to accommodate just... my football-shaped eyeballs. <laughs> your football-shaped eyeballs. I always thought it was like your lenses were uneven. Is that what astigmatism is? I think it, what it is is the the front of your eye, the uh, cornea or whatever like is Your the lens, outer yeah. layer yeah the lens is just a little bit more oblong and so it makes the light refract at odd angles and makes everything blurry mine's just bad I just yeah, you bad just got eyes. bad eyes bad eyes and nobody believed me until in fifth grade i walked into a pole while i was walking whoops a doodle yeah, so uh skills yo um so this week of course long long talking to going into the theme it was about getting glasses, essentially. Yeah, about like eyes, glasses, the Vision. sense of sight, being yeah. blind, all the all the various ways you could take that. So Yeah, so uh, what did you bring this week? I'm going to start us off with Subtle and their song, Eye Wash. So I ask, have you ever had a hand 
Yeah, so Subtle's a... They're an experimental art rock hip-hop band fronted by a guy named Dose One. Uh, he's a member, uh, one of the members of a hip-hop collective and record label called Anticon, like anti-icon, <laughs> Anticon. Uh, Dose One was also in a rap group called Cloud Dead, who we featured before. And with him in Cloud Dead was a guy called Y, W-H-Y question mark, mm-hmm. uh, who we've also featured a few times. And there's just so much great stuff that came out on the Anticon collective in like the mid-2000s, mid-2010s. Uh, but... The records from Subtle are among my favorites. They mix a lot of electronic elements like synthesizers and drum machines and that certain like hip-hop sensibilities, but they also have members that play various strings and woodwinds. So you got lots of cellos and stand-up bass and like bass clarinet and like saxophones that are and oboes just all saxophones yeah but they're all ran through (laughs) effects which is super cool and so they just like really blend a lot of sounds and focus a lot on like mood and atmosphere in the music and then on vocals dose one is typically known for using this really abstract poeticism in his lyrics he's even released a few records of spoken word poetry and some of it is like spoken word versions of songs that he's put out in various projects including this one uh, he does a lot of singing in this band, but Dose One is also known for being an especially fast rapper, which he shows off a little bit here. He just basically kicks off the lyrics and pretty much never takes a breath <laughs> after that, which is pretty impressive, especially given that he uses a lot of big and complicated words and phrases. Uh, he's definitely very weird, and his style's a bit of an acquired taste, so I can kind of see why normal hip-hop folks may not be into him, but I think this band, Subtle, is probably one of my favorite displays of his talent and his you know, artistic range. Well, I like the way he delivers his, like, Yeah, it's very staccato. and Yeah, it's, like, super cool, and there's, like, this, like, squeaky beat thing. Yeah. Is that a saxophone? That's not one of the saxophones. That's just a weird sampled effect, but it sounds cool. I know. I love it. It's, like, a squeaky, weird thing, and I want it in more songs because it's good but it's not like that squeaky terribleness of like you know that squeaky terrible sound yeah it's not like shoes squeaking on a floor it's like right it's like it's not uh, like it's like a creaky door or something almost yeah like you can make the mouth sound but it sounds terrible coming from the mouth but it's like it's like electronic crickets or something yeah that's perfect that's uh, yeah and then there's these long drawn out tones which i'm sure like your your uh yeah that's your strings and your and your horns yeah and it's And uh, it's just like so, such like texture and layering, and I just love it so much. And I don't know, it's just the delivery is good, the like layering's good. I don't know, I liked it. I didn't find what the lyrics were because they're just like. Yeah, the the lyrics to this one especially are really weird, but all all of their lyrics are just really strange. He's he's very kitschy and poetic and. Lots of weird imagery and recurring imagery and lots of his different poems that like he'll reference back things from his old poems. It's really cool. Do you just like follow it? Like, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you have Apple Music? I don't. But, but like they they have this part where you can just like follow along the lyrics. Oh really? Yeah. Which after listening to the Killer Mike one. Yeah. Uh, from last week I think. Right. I was just like I like like doing. Yeah, I know Spotify also has for some of their songs where you can follow along with the lyrics. And, of course, I'm always just, like, looking up the lyrics to everything on Genius <laughs> or anywhere I can find it. So Yeah, I'm not that good at it, but sometimes I'll use my Apple Music. Um, this week, I brought something I came across, and it's called uh, the band's Perfume Genius song, Eye in the Wall. I 
Like, this is one of the few times I've brought, like, an eight-minute song. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you're like, what are you doing, Amy? I got no problem with eight-minute songs. <laughs> so, I almost went with a song which is was, like, using an Edward Gorey's Gashley Crumb Tiny's, like, illustration. But it turns out it was Christian rap, so I didn't go with them because I had no idea what I'd be, like, um, propagating there. Um, so... Instead, I went with this uh, photo that looks like something I used in an art project in college. And everybody's <laughs> like, hey, that looks lewd. And I didn't realize it looked lewd because that's how I was in college. So I actually, yeah, sometimes I just look at the album covers to figure out what I want to use. Sure, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so um, I'd never heard of this band. I thought it was like weird. And it's, I'm pretty sure it's about a sex club. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure, because I did look up the lyrics, and it definitely seems like sex clubby. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Of course not. And but I think somebody's like creeping and watching mm. the people in the sex club. Which Some if you're voyeurism, gonna, right? If you're going to be in the sex club, at least let everyone know what you're doing, right? Right. So not sure. It's just it's super chill while having this very like rhythmic upbeat thing going underneath it, much like your song was doing. Mm-hmm. And it just gets more and more weird and spacey as it goes. So this is the beginning of the song, and it just goes balls to the wall. <laughs> bonkers space craziness yeah definitely yeah and it's so many layers like they add like 20 more layers yeah they're a really great band uh perfume genius definitely a very moody sexy lusty sounding band uh, i think ear buddy john scott turned me on to him a few years ago and all their songs definitely have a very breathy sultry sort of seductive vibe uh, and then i heard one of their songs on that show mr robot during this like very heavy moody scene so now every time i hear their band all i see is like that <laughs> stereotypical like dimly lit maybe red tinged room where like something both sexy and nefarious is happening and it's not like the mood of doing something bad but more so like doing something that's normally taboo or forbidden but you're indulging yourself so listening to their music just makes you feel a little dirty but in that really sensuous and cathartic way and in that I'm way that, that you like definitely want to like you're like ooh, i'm doing something naughty but i'm not really doing something naughty just right. i guess what you're saying like that red tinged room like that all automatically is like telling you ooh, yeah something ooh. yeah something sexy happening in here something yeah. sensuous and i ended up watching like more of their videos yeah they're and, great and there's one where I guess the singer is rollerblading down the street, and I yes. uh, I really enjoyed that. I'm trying to. I think the name of the song. Fool. Oh, is that one? Fool. Yeah. <laughs> they have another one called like Queen. I think is is the one that I had heard first. It's just a really great one. There are a lot of re- like it's just really cool. Yeah, they're a fun and, like, band. However, the vocals are being bent. It's like so, just fun. Um, I feel like very quickly a lot of people a. Love your glasses. Yay. <laughs> and B, I had songs about sight that I didn't know existed. Yeah, we had some really good ones this yeah. week. I was really excited to put together the show sheet. And the, the post like blew up. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, there's so much going on here. You put my handsome face in front of people and they, well, they tend to respond. I, I generally said, you should use your selfie. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and now your like, Facebook uh, profile picture is like, 
what'd you say? The same selfie. Yeah, new eyes, new eyes, same dumb selfie face. Yeah, I loved it. I thought yeah, it was because really I, I had the same like disaffected look to the side in all of my profile pictures. It's just like how I take selfies. Well, your like smoke beard um, Instagram one that was for a yeah. while where you're just like looking off to the side. Yeah. You need to do that one again, but your hair has to grow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> our first ear buddy this week is Michael F., who brings Luscious Jackson's Naked Eye. Oh, sorry. I got really into the song and just like totally blanked out. Um, could you tell? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, Nothing wrong with it, though. I yeah. was too. I was like, oh my God, song's getting quiet. Um, I feel like we're uh, really electronic this week. Yeah, so far. Yeah, so far we've had like that kind of like long drawn out uh, overtones to like really good beats. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this is also like a synthy beat. It's like dancey. Yeah, and so super rhythmic, textury thing is happening, and for three straight songs, really. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it. Also, just like um, <laughs> on my notes, it just says, dude. That's what I just did again, where I was just like, ah, da, da, da. But it's a, it's a, you know, it's a girl, it's a girl-led band, yeah. and I can't help but love it. And I just, um, I don't know where Lester Jackson's from, but I like them. Yeah, I can't remember where they're from either. Probably somewhere out, out west, I would have to imagine. They're so cool. Uh, I definitely recall this song quite vividly from my childhood. I was born in 1987. Stop bragging. And this song came out in 1996. <laughs> so I was like nine or maybe ten whenever I was hearing this song. And I was just hooked on it every time it played on the radio or on MTV. Uh, I've talked before about how much I love that particular brand of like mid-90s alt-rock with female vocals. Bands like Garbage and Veruca Salt, That Dog, Helium, The Breeders. And I think this song was probably a huge seed for where that love began. It's just so catchy, but like a little tinge of heaviness and just piled high with irony and attitude. And there's just something to the voices and like the cadence of the vocals just made my little 10-year-old heart (laughs) jump for joy. And I've just had a soft spot ever since for bands that share the same sort of mid-90s sensibility. I just didn't feel like this was mid-90s. I thought it was new. Really? Yeah, it's it's definitely the the drums kind of betray it as like a mid-90s crossover between your dancey pop music and the sort of alt grunge girl rock alt grunge yeah but wasn't grunge alt yes okay i'm confused now aren't we all (laughs) we're doing alternative alt yeah alternate alternate alternative bands wow they sound happier than uh what uh what's that Essential grunge band. Nirvana. There you go. <laughs> they do sound a little happier than Nirvana. Yeah, they're very like yeah. Much much less sad boy. 
But okay, <laughs> sorry, I, I really got lost in that song. I really it's liked it. It's a really great one. It is good. Uh, Jacques this week brings Melvin's Going Blind. So yeah, Jacques posted both the original KISS version as well as this cover by the Melvins. And Jacques says, As a member of the KISS Army, I'm obligated to share this incredible song with gross weird lyrics. I might like the Melvins version better because it's slower. Also, super gross weird lyrics. Yeah, definitely so. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know much about KISS except for the main dude is like somewhat creepy and then he has like a long tongue. But I don't think those two things are like the same. Like I feel I'm- like he's creepy but also has a long time. Yeah, both of those things are true, not mutually exclusive. Right, and I feel like there are a lot of moms in the 90s and 80s who thought that they were the same thing, (laughs) but no. Also, did uh, your parents were very religious, right? Not super duper religious, but yeah, I mean, we we grew up Church of Christ or whatever, although my mom, I think, had some some Kiss 8 tracks, and I know... Well, your mom's cool like that. Right, yeah. And I, I think her brother, uh, my uncle Larry, is super into Kiss. Okay, so. so I um, I grew up like on the weekends having super strict parenting right. with like super religious with uh, every single like weird offshoot of religion. Yeah, like so I was I was told that this means knights in Satan's service, which yeah. I don't even know. is that what Kiss means? No. Okay, I mean. When you actually listen to Kiss music, it doesn't at all sound right evil. Now. So it's very pop rock. Um, so I this this song is now I haven't heard the original Kiss one. Well, if I did my like you know homework, but look, last week I set the standard really high. <laughs> this week I'm not doing that. Sure. Um, it's this song is so intense and earnest, but in not an annoying way. And uh, yeah, just this. I'm not really into guitar solos, but if you're going to have a guitar solo, I need your guitar solo to be exactly like this. That even makes me want to play air guitar, and I'm not even a master air guitar player. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you. Yeah. Uh, The Kiss version, definitely definitely rocking as well, despite the lyrics being about a 93-year-old dude (laughs) hitting on a 16-year-old girl, but... Uh, the Melvins cover, definitely slower and sludgy, sludgier, much heavier, uh, and it kind of distracts from Gene Simmons' lyrics and focuses more on like beefing up the riffs, making that guitar solo even better, and making the vocal harmonies more epic and anthemic feeling than the Kiss version. 
uh, which is saying a lot to be out epicking a Kiss <laughs> song. But in the end, I think the Melvins version comes off a little less gross and horny and, and kind of focuses a lot more on establishing that feeling of lamentation that comes from like wasted youth and growing old. And I think maybe that's what Gene Simmons was going for in his own weird, perverted old dude way. Yeah, but he wasn't even old. Like At he, that time, you're right. He was just a gross dude. He was yeah. just a gross man. But like there's... um Just a dirty bird. <laughs> dirty bird. I normally don't throw shade on like dude or like people about like their uh, tendencies until they start crossing serious lines sure yeah so um i don't know like this is also not kiss's only song about a 16 year old girl dude so we'll why is he to. creepy <laughs> <laughs> see he tells i just don't know much about kiss right but um yeah like i don't know it's just i like this version of it even though i've never heard the original version because right, yeah. i if i'm gonna go with what i know of kiss it's probably extremely pop rocky arena rocky thing exactly yeah and this is as you said sludgier even though i wouldn't have thought of sludge melvin's melvin's just make everything better anytime they they touch a song it's like okay way better the guy with the gray hair right yep that's him and he didn't originally have gray hair but you know right he always had a gigantic afro it used to be black and now it's gray and he rocks it yeah it looks good um (laughs) mary d she brings isley's telescope eyes says this song band and your specs are fire emoji yeah but it was like a fire emoji not just like me saying fire emoji. right yes. yeah it, i'm sorry this band uh i'm sorry this song band and your specs are yeah that sounded wet though that's yeah. the opposite of fire sorry um but yeah this is like a really intricate song and i feel like i didn't like get a ton of the lyrics in here but i wanted to edit and like to capture all these different transitions in the song Mm -hmm. um it's girl band rock but then like super complicated and i feel like those two things do not people don't associate those things even though they probably should absolutely and it like really winds a tail through all of these like changes also i don't know if it's because i do this show and i've been hanging out with you i don't know but i actually really noticed the drums and i don't know if it was because of my like <laughs> existence now or like that they really put a lot of like you know emphasis on the drums right and i almost feel like i could air drum this even though i don't sure. know anything about <laughs> drums i feel like there was like a over here and then a 
over here and right. i don't know uh that's uh that's what i learned this week is uh, how to air drum <laughs> yep yeah definitely uh, i think f- from doing the podcast and from <laughs> us talking about this sort of stuff you've probably learned kind of uh the ways that that drums drive songs in a particular way and how it's not just keeping a beat sometimes it actually accents the the mood and the energy you there's know? like there's so i don't know how many drums are involved but it's really good right yeah yeah i too am in love with this band especially the early output i know mary's posted Isley to the group several times for different themes and i think this is the first time that we've actually been able to squeeze them in so super glad that we finally got to feature them uh, i remember discovering them my senior year of high school like right after their debut album came out I think I read about them on some indie music blog and just immediately downloaded the record <laughs> off a of file sharing network and just fell in love with it. Uh, this version is an older demo version of the song, but I think it might be my favorite version because the intro and the verses are like so delicate and the choruses get nice and heavy and juxtapose well with the softer parts of the song. And of course, going back to my love of the feminine vocals, the female vocal harmonies laid over the really dense atmospherics and they're pulling influence from like shoegazy stuff like Lush and early emo stuff like Sunny Day Real Estate. I was just destined to love everything about this band. You were into everything before it was cool. I mean, the thing is, a lot of that stuff I didn't get into until it had stopped being cool. Like Lush and and Sunny Day Real Estate were both kind of older than me. But, you know, once I graduated high school and started paying attention and reading on the internet, I discovered a lot of that fancy hipster stuff. I just found out about this band. (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) And that's like 20 years after we graduated. Yeah, this is definitely, yeah, you know, 2005. This is a band that I, I was lucky to find right on the cusp what was i doing in my first stint in college i don't know probably listening to dashboard confessional um stop judging right i'm not gonna judge i'm just saying (laughs) uh craig this week brings kavinsky's protovision says i don't know what protovision is and this song has no lyrics but it's dope as fuck um i that's definitely how i expect him to say that dope as fuck um if the 80s abba and a rock band had a baby (laughs) in a car chase this would be it (laughs) um it's like it's so magical i don't know when this song came out you probably know Mm -hmm. wait i think this was uh like around 2013 thank god it wasn't like 1992 yeah no it's it's more recent okay Woo! but either way it's magical protovision is definitely something that the 80s thought 2020 would have yeah for sure it's like smell-o-vision right definitely thought so and um yeah, it's. I've never wanted to do a speed run of Sonic before in my <laughs> life, but now I want to do it to yeah. this 
this Definitely. song like on repeat. It's amazing. Yeah, this is just the epitome of synth wave to me. Like especially being instrumental, uh, there's lots of great synth wave out there with vocals. But I think in the execution, the vocals and lyrics sound a little antiquated a lot of times, which obviously they're dialing in in that '80s sound to the max, and you know there's a lot of appeal to it. But it's it's easy to spend any sort of like time period when there's no vocals, and it gives synthwave this sort of retro futuristic feel. Uh, but when they add like intentionally anachronistic vocals, where you can tell that they're emulating an '80s sound, trying to go like full retro instead of the retro futurism. <laughs> It sort of betrays the illusion a little bit for me, and like this song just gets you super pumped to like fat to to fight bad guys or like pull a heist and run from the police, like whatever action packed shit you got going on. Uh, Kavinsky's gonna make sure you got the perfect soundtrack to make it happen. I, it does make you want to rob a bank, doesn't it? Yeah, it does a little bit. Except you probably shouldn't rob a bank. I just... I know a guy. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> um, uh, Justin W. Uh, he brings Crystal Antlers a thousand eyes. Justin says, I absolutely love this song. The rawness, the intensity, and the cavernous sound. Not to mention the heavy light dynamics making uh, make this a personal favorite of mine. This is, and I went like super like, I guess, Visco Girl when mm-hmm. describing this. I said VV Cursive somehow. Oh, I actually love that abbreviation. It's just like V for very. I use it a lot too. So. I love it. So it's VV Cursive somehow. And it's uh, got a lot of symbols going on. Definitely very washy. Yeah. And... It's okay. So I think this is part of why I really like cursive too is uh it's a waltz but make it noisy. Right. Yeah, and it's not noisy in a bad way but noisy in a very pleasing way. And I think that it reminds me of cursive because of like this kind of staccato way the guy is singing mm-hmm. and also the way that the music is syncing up with that right. and kind of like emphasizing what he's saying even though i have no idea what he's saying because i didn't do my homework at sure. all you know the normal way yeah no, i mean you know the the vocals are meant to be kind of obscured in this one is you're yeah. you're getting a lot more of the emotion of him kind of screaming and and being emotive rather than you're being awash right exactly See, I'm super into like the musical aesthetic of this band. It's very noisy and chaotic, post-punk, kind of post-hardcore with like the shouty, obscured vocals. 
really fuzzy bass kind of driving the verses and then the keys take over in the chorusy bits and the guitars just make atmosphere and spaceship noises for the first <laughs> half of the song and then finally take a bit of a lead with like some soloing and like semi melodic meandering through the second half just blasting the song into outer space uh, like Justin said, there are a lot of dynamics happening in the song as well with most of the musical elements staying more or less low-key and the drums get a little buck wild and make things feel really urgent and frantic underneath that cursive crooning from the vocalist. It's a very unique sound, but it's just delivered perfectly and they make sure that you're like constantly engaged and never bored throughout the song. Yeah, I feel like I need to like defend myself and say I came up with cursive like without independent reading. of yeah. reading what i had said that maybe kind of we hang out i know we only hang out like once a week but we're just both really love cursive <laughs> and and i mean it's it's kind of an undeniable sound that, it's that the yeah it's like the the extreme like i guess you said emotion yeah it's very it. very emotive chaotic post-punk and maybe they came from the noisy, same noisy very washy they come from the same part of the country maybe uh maybe could be maybe it's their accent could be that too. I don't know. Um, so we we recorded a promo last week for uh, <laughs> yeah. try to podcast, and um, Brian did a impression of our accent. Nice. I gotta is, hear this. It's not good. I bet. <laughs> it's, it's. Hey y'all, we're from Tennessee. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that, I bet. That, that was it. I was it. sorry. I just had to say that whenever I thought of accents. Okay. Um, <laughs> our final ear buddy. Sorry to like be weird right before your song. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lauren brings a uh, John Fred and his Playboy band Judy in disguise with glasses. Keep wearing your. like roller dance on roller skates mm -hmm. in the 50s and i just love it so much and it makes me smile and also the fact that you can now disguise yourself as superman is amazing did you think about the fact that you now have a disguise well i did think about the clark kent thing pretty much immediately well you, i guess your glasses are very similar in a way yeah oh my god yeah are are you superman i wish i was superman <laughs> see the, the problem with my glasses as a disguise is i just have a very recognizable face and, uh, and no. so I think it's pretty tough. To, you cut to your hair. You have a glasses. That is true. Who are you? Yeah. If I, if I like change one more thing, maybe I'll be completely unrecognizable. I'm but scared. Yeah. You're going to you're gonna braid your beard next, aren't you? Right. Yeah. That might be the idea. <laughs> so yeah, you're Mitchell in disguise with, with glasses. glasses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is one of those songs that I've heard a million times, had it stuck in my head, but never knew who it was or even what they were singing about. So I'm glad we finally pinned this one down and, uh, you know, that I got to learn about it a little. 
Uh, obviously, the, ti- the title is a take on Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Oh, you said obviously. And it wasn't so obvious no, to you. I forget that song exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's, it's a take on Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, and the lyrics also parallel the weird psychedelic word soup of Lucy in the Sky with like talk of lemonade pies and cantaloupe eyes and the strings of kites. Uh, but even funnier to me is that when this song came out, it actually knocked another Beatles song off the number one spot of the Billboard Hot 100 take for a few that, weeks. Take that, John, uh, John and Paul, Paul and, and those Harrison other and Ringo. Got yeah, <laughs> so so they parodied, parodied the Beatles and then knocked them you know, down the charts with their parody. I thought that was just very funny. <laughs> uh, it, although it does look like after this big hit, everyone kind of saw them as a novelty band, so they never really had any other huge hits, which Aww. is a shame. Because I feel like the the construction and arrangement of the song is very unique and well thought out. So I'd imagine that there's probably some buried gems in the in the Fred Johns catalog. Hopefully Lauren or Jeremy S can kind of lead us in the right direction if there is more gold in them Nar Hills. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm surprised it's not from the fifties. Yeah, it was 1967. It came out in December 1967. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Also, seriously, you know, the Beatles need to be taken down a notch. Anymore. Yeah, every once in a while you got to take them down a notch. Yeah, I mean, well, it didn't really work because John still thought he was more popular than Jesus. Is that right? right? That, yeah, that was the that's the quote. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he might have had a point. I'm just saying. Um, if you want to tweet at us. Especially pictures of glasses, which are so cool. Like now that you're in the cool club, I'm yeah. so I'm so proud to have you here. Uh, you can tweet at us. I'm at Pow I Gotcha. I'm at Madam Woolite, and the show is at Andy Pod. Uh, the Facebook group, you can just uh, make a ginormous playlist of this this submissions, and then you'd have two two uh, songs that were like the Kiss and the Kiss cover. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. Uh, Earbuds and Earworms podcast group. The voicemail line is 731-400-BUDS or 731-400-2837. You can email the show andypod at gmail.com and you can always check out the website which I will eventually I swear make like look more like you know personalized <laughs> uh, andypod.com for the 10710 network. What's our final song? I'm going to leave us with a band called Roswell Kid and their song Magic Eye. Uh, Roswell Kid makes a really eclectic kind of stonery alternative power pop, really guitar heavy with tons of attitude, but also lots of catchy grooves and melodic guitar solos. I haven't really done a deep dive on all of their records, but I saw them open up for another great band called Pup a few years ago, and I was just really impressed with their live show. They're a really fun live band, and this song in particular stayed stuck in my head for weeks, so now I will bestow it onto you in hopes that you too will get hooked on Roswell Kid's Magic Eye. <laughs>